Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Tribune Audio Network. You're the mom, the maid, the keeper of the cookies. You do it all and you look good doing it. It's parenthood on a mother level. Powered by the Quad City Moms blog. Here's your host, Denise Hanitka. It's such a fall day in the Quad Cities. The wind is blowing and the leaves are swirling around. Doesn't it just feel like fall out there today? It finally feels like fall. We've had a few days where you think, we can go outside and we can enjoy it and it's beautiful. Minda Powers Douglas is in the studio with us today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm thrilled. You are the owner of QC Haunts and History. And um, this is your first season for doing these walking tours around the Quad City area, featuring some ghost stories of our area. (laughs) Yes, we are quite haunted. (laughs) We have lots, we have lots of stories that are around here. And I'm just starting with uh, the three tours that are in Rock Island. One is not a ghost tour, one is for Chipionic Cemetery. So I call it the ghost free tour and then somebody said to me how do you know there aren't any ghosts my I just don't talk about them they can be there if they want (laughs) but yeah the other ones are are brand new uh, gangsters and ghosts which is downtown Rock Island and features John Looney and his group of buddies and the other goes around uh, the college district in Rock Island as well and it goes around the Augustana area and up and up and around And this is such a cool time to be doing this because, you know, everyone kind of around Halloween starts to feel like they want a good ghost story or hear about the history of their area. So here I want to start with kind of um, it might sound like an obvious question, but do you believe in ghosts? I do. I've seen some things. Have you? And uh, okay, there's there's two different kinds of ghosts in my mind. Okay, there's what you can what you can either see or feel or sense or hear or whatever as just a regular person and then there's the ghost tv shows that are making it up okay <laughs> so, okay yeah you know i um i've been on uh ghost tours and and different things and just and i go to enjoy them i want to hear the stories and just you know find out you know what people have experienced and they're so full of history that it's not just, you know, spooky stuff. It's it's about learning about uh community yeah. and area. But I was I've also been 
in, in situations where I actually not only heard some things, but saw things. And if I hadn't been open-minded to it be before, I certainly would have been. And it, it's a stop on the tour. I, uh, it's uh, the old YMCA. It's the Viner Furniture okay. building. Yeah. I actually saw things with my own little eyes. What did eyes. you see? Oh, my gosh. Well, first of all, I had my mom with me. Mm -hmm. And apparently she is a magnet for all things ghostly and, and otherwise. I mean, she, I mean, really, I think she's like this little sun ray that she's always been uh, one of the people that people just flock to her. And they're like, oh, I can tell you everything. You're just my best friend immediately. So, of course, you know, the dead people are going to be going, hey, you. And uh, so we were in one of the rooms on the third floor with, uh, it was a paranormal, a couple of paranormal groups came together and they had these little stations you'd go to to learn about uh, spirit photography and um, uh, spirit boxes, like there's an app, I think it's a necrophonic that you can use. That and sounds really creepy. <laughs> yeah, I know, it sounds awful. <laughs> sounds like Evil Dead. Yes. But it was actually, it was really cool. And you could, you could get words through it. Um, otherwise, the sounds that it made were just like pieces of words, not yeah. anything together, just fa, do, yeah. mi. That's like when people have those recordings that are like, get out. Like. Yes, <laughs> and that's when you get out. Yeah. Uh, so we were in this room. So this was the first thing that, that happened. Um, the lady said, okay, one of you pick up this little balloon. It's about this big. And just hold it on the tip of your fingers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're going we're gonna to ask whoever is here if they'll knock it out of your hand. And we found out that his name was Phil. And uh, my mom at first could not pick up that balloon for the life of her. I mean, we were laughing because she's like, I can't get it to go. But it yeah. wasn't like shooting across the room. It was like it was bouncing around her. Okay. Okay, well, that's, that's kind of strange right there. Um, figuring out later, pretty sure Phil was messing with her right then. He was playing with her. But she held that balloon so still. I mean, I was amazed. I, mm -hmm. I would have been shaky hands all over the place. Right. And after a while, we heard, uh, you know, the sound like if you rub your thumb against a balloon, it has that little squeaky sound? Yeah. We heard that. And the lady and I and my mom all heard that. And mom's like, well, that's strange. And at one time, she felt like the balloon was being pushed down on her hand. But, and this woman was like, oh, come on, roll it off of her hand. You can do everything. But all of a sudden, that balloon started shaking Whoa. Like, I'm like, okay, it's going to go. Like, she was going with her own fingers to shake it, but she wasn't. And then it just rolled off her hand. Weird. And we're like, yay, Phil, that's so cool. <laughs> it wasn't scary. It was just, yeah. you know, it's one of those things like, oh, I want to see that. I want to see that so bad. And I'm not going to see it because I never get to see the cool stuff. Mm -hmm. And then we it saw happened. the cool stuff. Wow. Oh, and the, oh, and then uh, we went, the fourth floor in the basement are the craziest places in that in that place, and we were downstairs with all the people that were there, and it was mostly the the investigators, and there were uh, three uh, psychic mediums that were there, and so one lady was telling us, you know, everybody, you know, either side of the wall, just press against the wall, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, you know, just 
focus and relax and you're going to start you're going to see shadows walking down the hallway like of course you're going to see shadows mm-hmm. going down the hallway and i'm like that is very nice of you to say but i'm not going to see that mm-hmm. i mean i'm excited to be here this is fun <laughs> i'm not going to see that yeah. i'm just been, i'm just here for the ride my mom is across from me and uh between each of us was a space like another person would fit and my mom, right as she was saying, I feel something, in the middle of that, I saw this black, big shadow, taller than her. Yeah. And it was like, you know, rounded at the at the top, like like a ghost wearing a sheet, but, you know, that shape. Yeah, okay. And it just, it just slid over her, completely over her. And, I mean, she's in all black, and I'm yeah. like... And could I she see, tell that? She couldn't tell. She was feeling something. Yeah, it's, but you could see this darkness. I could see it. And uh, she said that there's something pressing on my lower back, like trying to, like pushing her, so mm-hmm. her stomach would go out. And I'm seeing this black thing covering my mom. And then I see these two green points of light, like, like laser color green. And just tiny points of light, like eyes in her glasses. And I'm like, okay. She's covered in shadow. Maybe it's the light from that that cell phone over there with the app on it. And my mind was going back and forth like, okay, oh my gosh, I'm seeing this. And are you really seeing this? What are you seeing? Let's see what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. My, my brain was like not, not knowing how to process this. The woman next to her said, I see it too. She, there's this black yeah. thing and it's over her. Excuse me. And then... Um, the people that, you know, were running the thing came, uh, one of them came over and just kind of helped her like clear this away. And when she did that, uh, oh, and my mom also couldn't step away from the wall. They step away from the wall. That'll be okay, Cindy. And she, I can't. And she wasn't, and she didn't sound scared at all. And I'm like, she must be so scared that she yeah. doesn't sound scared. And she went back, I'm like, are you okay? I'm fine. Okay. Not a few minutes later, she starts saying, I feel something again. <laughs> it was pressing, like pushing her shoulders like she was curling the yeah. other way. And, and so a woman came and, you know, helped her and was like clearing all the stuff off. And I think she was holding onto her shoulders from behind. And my mom said, uh, my hand is moving. And I didn't see this. This was new to me just the other day. And her hand was going against her side like that weird and so the lady put her arms down kind of hold it down and then she went back to the wall and that was it yeah that was enough (laughs) for her there oh and with that with the green thing yeah after that went away uh the only glare she had was from white light because the app is white red and black okay so i'm like oh dun 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 yeah i'm seeing something she told me, she's like, I'm fine. I wasn't scared at all. It was nothing. I didn't feel anything. She's like, actually, I started kind of laughing a little bit because I just, I don't know. I just had this feeling like something was just plain. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you got covered. She's like, I did? No way. I'm like, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, seeing that, uh, it was just, I mean, I picture it all in my head. It was not that, you know, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't on anything. I mean, I was just looking mm-hmm. at my mama thinking, I need to save her. I don't know how to save her. What's on my mom? <laughs> so 
Uh, but yeah, she was fine. And then she just told me last night, she's like, I think I know why I wasn't scared. I think it was that spirit that was playing with us with the balloon. I think he was following us around. Yeah. And he was, he was playing. And he was, because uh, she was so super nice to him. She's like, oh, you're really great. I wish we could stay. And he must, well, I will go along with you. Because she felt some, uh, felt like someone was messing with her purse upstairs. So yeah. she thinks he was just playful huh. and playing with it. She's like, oh, I, I wasn't scared any of the time. And I'm like, holy cow. Cause there so was more often, <laughs> do you think that ghosts are quote unquote friendly ghosts or just like spirits hanging around? How often are they like mad? I, yeah, I've been doing a lot of reading as well as just, you know, instinct stuff and, uh, like the TV stuff is, it seems like everybody's got a demon. Mm-hmm. It's a demon. It's evil. It's going to kill everybody. I, I don't, I don't go in for that. Okay. I think that's TV. I just think that's good TV for, for some people. And that, you know, there aren't just a bunch of ghosts out there just waiting with their fingernails to scratch you or yeah. eat your brains. <laughs> I, you know, of course there's going to be yucky ones because with people you got good ones you got bad ones and everywhere in between Mm -hmm. when we die i doubt we're just all going to turn into perfect angels we're going to be mad have unfinished business we're going to be nice you know i think it's that's just how it is yeah and there may be some really really bad stuff out there i don't know but to me i think it's mostly if there's something that wants to hurt you, it probably wanted to hurt you before if yeah. it was a person before. Yeah. Well, you mentioned this idea of unfinished business, and that's yeah. always um, made sense to me because um, one of the greatest 90s kids movies was Casper, you know, the yes. Christina Ricci yes. one. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Devin Sawa is the uh, the Casper at the end, oh, and he becomes a real boy. Right. <laughs> Like Pinocchio. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that the whole thing was that Christina Ricci's dad was a ghost hunter and he knew oh, that ghosts yeah. had this unfinished business. And I remember mm-hmm. even as a kid thinking like, well, that makes sense. You know, that if you were ripped yeah. from the earth at, mm-hmm. um, you know, at a time when you still felt like something was undone, then you would hang around and haunt some people for a while. So I don't sense. know. Yeah, I think it does. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think, are you drawn... Um, it doesn't sound to me like you're drawn to the ghosts so much as you're drawn to the history and the stories. Do you think that's true? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think the ghosts are kind of part of yeah. history. I mean, they're, they're telling us something. Yeah. And whether a ghost story is something that uh, we've heard told, you know, for, you know, from generation to generation. I mean, there are so many uh, Resurrection Mary stories and, you know, say uh, Bloody Mary in the Mirror, you know, those Oh my things, gosh, that just scared me so much yeah. as a kid. Oh, I know. Anything with a mirror. Yes. And mirrors are kind of iffy as it is. Uh, th- th- it's all part of our, it's all part of our legends and lore. Mm-hmm. And it's part of our, uh, just the, the community of people. You know, we tell stories, oral histories were so important for so long because that's all they had. Mm-hmm to share these stories. They just pass them on and pass them on. And we still like them. 
whether it's online or where, you know, we get to go to some place where we hear ghost stories, yeah. like on the Arsenal Island. And does yeah. it seem like people are extra interested in them lately? Because I feel like true crime is having a major oh, moment. Gosh. And yeah. I mean, so yeah. when you think about it, if you like true crime, like you have to like, I don't know, the the idea that there could be ghosts that are... Well, yeah, you know, there, I mean, there's, along with for some of these, you got to wonder, well, what is this one sticking around for? Mm-hmm. And I mean, there was a, there was a not very nice guy that was hanging around on the fourth floor and then came down to the, to the basement. Okay. And he was just, he was yucky and he was freaking out the, the, one of the uh, young men who was there, who was a psychic medium. Oh, okay. I mean, he was like, had his hand up against his face, like oh my gosh, this is just draining and yeah. I'm getting a headache. You know, I, you know, I'm putting words in his mouth, but he was just thinking. You could tell. Yeah, and he was telling us this guy's come up behind me and he is, he does not have good energy about him at all. And uh, the spirit box said fancy. And the guys that were running that in the little room, they're just laughing like none of us are fancy. And then... Uh, the medium guy said, uh, he, this guy's dressed in a fancy suit. Oh, wow. Uh, but he's a very cruel person. He's carrying a cane. And he was like behind him in like an intimidating close up behind him. And then he said, now he's at my side, just really close to me, like staring me down and showing me these horrible pointy teeth and yeah. blood, bloodshot eyes. And and he said, I don't know if his teeth were pointy or if he's just showing me that to show that he is nasty and I see. horrible. And then, of course, that guy had to follow us downstairs. <laughs> and the other, the lady medium said, he's got that cane. It's not because he needs it for walking. It's a weapon. He uses it to hurt people. And we had had some ladies of the evening, because there were quite a few brothels downtown. Oh. <laughs> Uh, down in Looney's, uh, during Looney's era. And they were, they were kind of doing their thing, you know, walking along saying, hey, baby, look at me, take me home for the night. And they started cowering when he showed up. So it's like either, I don't know if he was their boss in real life or he just took over that position. Yeah. <laughs> in this, on this side of things. But it was wild. It was interesting. Uh, didn't feel threatened, yeah. by anything just you'd get kind of the creeps that there's this entity yeah. that's just nasty and wants to hurt things so you know? when there's somebody who's going to be watching this going well they set up that tour and they sure. had a crowd of yeah. people there and of course mm-hmm. they put two psychic mediums in there who are going to go oh yeah oh, oh yeah, yeah i know it. i feel <laughs> it so what do we like what do you how do you reconcile what are pretty natural skepticisms oh, and sure. and what you saw and felt? It's a it's a very good question, and in I'm going to answer it in a couple ways. In one way, believing and being excited about this stuff and hoping to see something and maybe projecting that out into whatever you're doing. Yeah. I don't see anything really wrong with that because you're excited about it and it's just something you you just really want to see and experience. So I get that. You're just embracing the whole opportunity. Yeah. And I don't see anything wrong with that because you're, you know, your mind's open and it's an experience for you. And you're also learning 
about things that have been going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're hearing all, all sides of things. And then there's the what's really going on versus the fakery. Now, the fakery, I think, is just, come on. There's enough stuff in the world that's unexplainable. You don't need to do this except for your TV show getting better ratings. Right. You know, going into place and going, come on, you ghost. Um, uh, punch me in the face and I'm yeah. going to get you, sucker. Yeah. And, you know, that's just that's just silly. And you talk to the the uh, investigators that were like, oh, those guys. Yeah can't stand those guys. Like, well, even like, even like Teresa Caputo, like the Hollywood yeah. medium. Yeah. So I don't doubt that she has that gift and sure. that she has that energy that she can tell stuff. What I always feel skeptical about is, well, how does, she, how can she guarantee that that's yeah. going to happen <laughs> on that night in this auditorium? I think it's sort of the idea that you can yeah. turn it on whenever a mm-hmm. performance time is happening is sort of what bothers me. The fact that you can book a show at blah, blah, blah arena yeah. and then guarantee that you're going to have the appropriate amount of interactions to entertain this audience. That's where yeah. I get skeptical because I, I believe that that gift is a thing. I do. I do oh, believe sure. that some people, you know, are, are able to communicate or see or feel. Um, but the idea of doing it on demand is where I'm like, Mm-mm, I don't think so. Just because 200 people bought tickets, I don't think that that like <laughs> opens opens the window to the supernatural spiritual world. I don't know. If 200 people bought tickets or something in mind, I would feel super <laughs> supernatural. I'd be like, I'm seeing them everywhere, guys. Yeah, we can't believe it. It's, it begins with an H. <laughs> Harry, sure. <laughs> Is it a man? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so one of your tours, you were talking about this earlier, and I'm just really fascinated by it, um, is through the cemetery. And you call that your ghost-free That's tour, ghost which free is funny tour. because yeah. it's a cemetery. I know, um, right? But, but you, had, you had so many interesting things to say about the concept of cemeteries and their mm-hmm. role in our history. So, so w- what do you think was the purpose of a cemetery and why they came about in the, ver- in the first place? Well, in the, you know, in, in the forever days ago, I mean, you had to get rid of uh, uh, a body somehow. And get rid of sounds like you're throwing them away. Mm-hmm. But you had to uh, dispose of them in a respectful type of way in some way. And around here, there were people that you know, would be more than happy to bury their loved ones on their land and, you know, there are still those little cemeteries that are around unless they've been on farmland forever and forgotten. And then they don't find them until they're starting to plow because they've all fallen down. Uh, But aside from those in this area for Rock Island, Bailey Davenport, Colonel Davenport's son, who did a wonderful, wonderful job with our community. We have to thank him a lot. I mean, everybody talks about Colonel Davenport and being the first guy here. And that is great and cool, but Bailey did so much for us. Interesting. And he was on the board of uh, Chip Ionic to get it started. But before that, when people were like, well, we don't know what to do with Grandma. I'd say, well, if you want a place to bury your dad, you can put them uh, in my, my field. And that was Longview Park. Now, don't worry, everybody, <laughs> because <laughs> when they opened uh, Chip Ionic in uh, 1855, 
he had everybody moved over. Okay. So they are moved over. Uh, don't worry about the the pool becoming all poltergeist. It's <laughs> not going to happen. Everybody's okay. So so there was a beginning with that. Uh, when that type of cemetery opened in the mid-century, um, you know, in the 1800s, they were seen as something different than what they were before. People wanted a place to go where they could uh, visit and pay respects, but also have it be pleasant for them. And that's when the rural cemetery movement began. And it began actually uh, with the, the inspiring cemetery for all of them was in, is in Paris, and it's Père Lachaise. Okay. And that's, that um, inspired the, the ones who did Mount Auburn in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And then that one inspired the rest of them okay. around the country. So they were these big gardens, basically. And they would bring in uh, architects and horticulturalists, or landscape artists, not really. Yeah. Well, you kind of, with there's architecture in some of these, uh, in the mausoleums. Oh, absolutely. So, you know, if, if you want to see, want to have a quick study of that, you know, bring your textbook over and go, oh, yeah, there's a, the uh, Renaissance influence of Gothic arch, or I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but they were, they were. But they're, they're designed. They're designed. And they were designed to use the natural landscape to, keep them beautiful and unique and different. They weren't square anymore. They weren't, let's all face one way, so when the resurrection comes, we're facing east and we can rise. It, you'll find that people are facing different directions because if there was a, 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 a hill or, or something that was kind of a, made a natural path, they'd follow it. If there was a pond, they'd follow around it. So you could, people could be facing any way mm -hmm. they wanted. It was more let's work with nature rather than fight it. So you, you said these are the very first parks. They were. They were the very first which parks. Is, which is so weird. Isn't? Yeah, it is. Um, so the Victorians, and that's usually what I call these cemeteries because the Victorian influence is everywhere. The older stones, they're uh, very, uh, they're beautiful and uh soft in a way. You see them with fabric carved onto them, tassels. Well, it was a way to soften them because the Victorian people would go to the cemeteries. They'd, uh, they'd pay their respects. They'd have a picnic. They would be social with other people. And it was not seen as a, as a scary, horrible place because if you think about it, scary and horrible was in the home. It was when you have five children and four of them die before they even reach one year. That was, that's the hard stuff. Wow. Going into the cemetery and being able to say, yep, yeah, there's my little ones there. There's, you know, there are my parents. Uh, being able to just visit and remember, but not have that, you know, yeah. the, the, the hard stuff. So the hard stuff was everywhere. Yeah, was everywhere that was else. day to day. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when, when do you think we decided that cemeteries were scary? How did that societal transition happen? I believe it was uh, around the time of World War One. Okay. Because the war meant death on a grander scale, even than just the natural ones that were occurring. Okay. 
and um, and by World War II, people were just they didn't even want to think about mm -hmm. the cemeteries. So that um, I don't know the exact years for it, but that's when um, in between those probably is when funerals in the home moved into funeral homes. Okay. Because families used to take care of their own. And it was uh, our, sometimes, you know, they would, and neighbors, you know, close friends would come in and they would wash the dead and, and care for them and have the service inside the, in their, in their parlor or somewhere in the house. And it was, that's just what it was. It was, you know, it was, it was something that you did and it, it was a beautiful thing for that. And then after a while, when you're hearing so much stuff going on, you're listening to the radio and, and it's, it's terrifying and you're scared for your husband or your sons, you know, maybe you don't want to think about that anymore. I see. So you let somebody else take care of it. And we like to have people help us take care of things. Yeah. And so that's a big one. But there is, there's a movement of moving uh, funerals back into the homes. Really? And yeah, there it's, well, part of it is it's pricey. Mm. I mean, it is not cheap to die. So I, I don't recommend it. You know, don't die. Uh, but I mean, seriously, it is, it's a, it's a big expense. And um, when I, I read a, a number of obituaries for uh, my other job and a number of them will say, uh, uh, you know, in lieu of flowers, you know, give to a charity. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them are saying in lieu of flowers, please um, donate money to the family to help pay for the, yeah. the funeral and yeah. the burial because it is expensive. And it's as, and if there's somebody who is in a, in an accident or, you know, it just has a sudden death. Yeah. And you're not prepared for that. I mean, how many people yeah. want to prepare for something that could come out of nowhere? I know. Uh, it, yeah. There, um, at one time, um, and it would have been in the Victorian days when they would have the lavish funerals. And, and England, oh my gosh, they went nuts. But they would have, um, they would buy special gloves for the guests. You would get, you would be invited to the funeral because... They only had so many spots, and you would get an invitation. It would have a black trim on it or something else fancy that was black. Wow. They had all these things. There were so many items in the funerary area that are quite surprising, uh, but they would, it would be a big to-do. And you, even if you were poor, you'd still want to do something because you'd want to try to be you know, at least like, well, I love my people yeah. as much as the rich people love theirs. Well, if they had a, they had a child or let's say they had, they have a daughter and they start saving up their money immediately for the dowry or the wedding or whatever it would be. And they would also, it would be like, okay, if they get married first, we'll use it for that. If they die first, oh, we'll use it for the funeral. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, the money that's spent now is insane. But when you have no money, and you're living off of nothing, and you're still trying to save for a future event right. that could go either way, 
And that's wow. Really, that's a totally different way of living, uh, really. Totally different way. Wow. Yeah. And it's um, it's so weird sitting here with you talking about death. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just because, I mean, it's yeah. it's a strange thing to begin with, but um, but I lost my grandpa on Saturday, yeah. and um, and we were talking about the fact that even at 88 years old, it's still unexpected. Mm. Yes. And um. I would say that I'm a, I'm a believer, you know, I believe mm-hmm. in the afterlife. I believe that our spirit goes somewhere and, um, and it's weird because ever since he died, I, it's like, I want some way to know that he's still here. Of course you do. So I keep like looking or waiting Yeah. to know that. And, um, you know, this interview was scheduled before, before <laughs> Saturday. So it was I'm like, like, oh my gosh, oh, do I still great. do this? You know, great. yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it just, um, suddenly it's like the, the questions you always thought you had answers to, or like, yeah. you know, didn't really matter. All of a sudden it's like, I really want an answer to them now. Oh, of course. You know? Yeah. So is it weird yeah. for you to be, um, so surrounded by death through your research so much? Um, usually, no. Uh, my father-in-law, when I was working on my first book, told my husband, he said, oh, I'm really worried about Minda because she's hanging out <laughs> in cemeteries and she's going to be depressed. I'm yeah. like, I already am depressed. <laughs> Fine. It's not because of this. No, no, no. There's, there's living stuff that I'm way more upset about. Uh, the only time that this bothered me, and and uh, before I even go into that, yeah. I'd, and it is, it's so strange because of the situation yeah. that you had with your loss of your grandpa, which I'm so sorry about. Thank you. That, um, okay, first off, he's, he's with you. He knows you're hurting and he, mi- and he misses you too. And you'll see it. You'll see it at some point. You'll know. Uh, my, gra- my grandpa passed before uh, I met my husband. Okay. And he would have gotten a big kick out of him because he was a musician <laughs> as well. And uh, then when I had my daughter, who's 13 now, uh, he, oh my gosh, she's she is she's a jokester like him. Really? She's a nut. And he would have loved her. And when she was about, I'm going to say about two, she was in our living room looking up at the corner of the ceiling. Yeah. And really, what's... What's she doing now? She's acting like a cat. <laughs> we have lots of those. And she would start giggling. And she's, oh, ow. And she'd just giggle. I'm like, what's she doing over there? She's like, we talking to? She's like, ow. Uh, okay. My grandpa's name was Alger. Wow. So I think he couldn't resist. He had to come down yeah. and, and meet his great-grandchild. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, I mean, she doesn't remember it now. She really wants to. She wants, she's like, we need to get somebody in here and investigate that corner. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's probably other places now, but. Well, isn't it, isn't it always said <coughs> that, that children me. are more receptive? Oh, yeah. Much um, more. Why do you think that is? Because they haven't been beaten down by the <laughs> world yet. <laughs> you know, children aren't born uh, scared of everything. We yeah. We make ourselves scared. We make. Uh, we make people around us scare. We make, you know, they're not born racist. They're not born anything. You yeah. Know? They're n- not really, they're clean slates. Mm-hmm. So if they see something, they see something. Like when I was talking about how my mind kept flipping around, what am I seeing right now? Yeah. You know, I'm like, okay, what's, 
I've I've got to think about this, you know, very clearly and, and adult like. Uh huh. Now, if I was a, a younger kid, I would have been like, I see it. Oh my gosh! And yeah, you would run just away see it. Or, yeah, yeah. I'd just see it. So we're you know we're told, oh, there's no such thing as ghosts. We're not. When we're born, the doctor's not going. There's no such thing as ghosts. Keep hey. that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're op- we're open to things, yeah. and that's part of why I am very open to the idea of it because we have no idea. We have such limited knowledge of everything. Yeah, I and mean, I'm not a I'm not a UFO person as far as my interests. I I had an interest in it years ago. Well, I watched the X Files, so you had to have an interest in it because of. David Duchovny. He's really cute. <laughs> so, you know, I did a lot of reading on it. Yeah. And, and, you know, to, but to my way of thinking, if we are the only <laughs> intelligent life forms in this whole universe within universes and who knows, that would be really sad because yeah. we're kind of dumb. <laughs> I mean, we just, you know, we, we, we fight and we and we argue and we and you know we're all on a different page all the time you know we we just don't we only know what we can know mm-hmm. and i can see where there would be other people that would have a, a different type of intelligence could go anywhere they want to and say hey those are those people and let's check them out well hmm, they're a little weird they go away for a while and then let's see if they got any better and come back <laughs> But I, I just can't think of us as being the only thing yeah. out there. So why would we be, why would the living be the only things here? Mm-hmm. And we have, there's something inside that makes us who we are. Right. It's beyond the physical. And uh, I think, yeah, you know, you got to go somewhere. Uh-huh. And sometimes I think you, you stick around. Um, it makes sense when people pass away uh, unexpectedly and they stick around because maybe they don't know they're dead. Yeah. I understand that. I always wonder if that's a thing. Yeah, it could be. Or I think that some people stick around right after they pass because they want to make sure their family's going to be okay. Yeah. That's why I believe your grandpa's been around. He's just kind of going to everybody, just checking in. Uh, Even my grandma, who doesn't believe, she, uh, she got a little sign from my grandpa. They had a... This is 98, so they had this um, fake fish tank that had this really fakey-looking fish in it. And <laughs> I don't even know how that would work. I know. <laughs> like on a string. Uh, yes, it was on a string, and it was battery-operated. Oh, wow. And it would bubble or something. So lifelike. It was. My grandpa thought it was hilarious, so he had one. That's great. And my grandma was walking through a part of the house that she didn't really... Uh, it's where we would have like the family gatherings and stuff. She'd be in the, you know, the rest of the house most of the time. And she walked by it and it gurgled. And she's like, well, that's weird. That thing, the, the batteries ran out in that yeah. thing ages ago. Why yeah. is it doing that? And she had said something to my mom. She's like, I wonder if that was Bray. She used to call him Bray because that's his last name. And he was, uh, he was also called Curly. So he, he had every name in the book. Uh, he used to be a uh, country western singer on WHBF for oh, a number of years, and uh, they play, you know, locations or on radio and things. 
But yeah, she used to, she used to call him Bray. And she told my mom, and my mom's like, oh, that's got to be him. He yeah. had to have done that. And she's, oh, I don't know. I'm like, you do too, because you wouldn't have mentioned it. You just would have been, Pleh. yeah, every day gurgling, whatever. But yeah, even the non-believers can believe sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. So we've talked about the cemetery mm-hmm. tour, and you also do the gangsters and ghosts tour. So yes. is that? Um, does that one have a stop at the Viner Furniture? Yes, it does. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, my f- <laughs> my first tour down there uh, was the was just was exactly a week after my mom and I had had our experience mm-hmm. in there. So, you know, I could talk about things that have happened to other people. There's a great article from one of the papers last year about the Broadway Paranormal Society with Cassie and and the and her group. And they're just really cool. They've been helpful to me as far as doing some research and and talking, you know, just talking about different yeah. things. And, you know, they, they're they really big on history. So when they hear that something's going on or somebody contacts them and says, we got something going on and we're, we don't know what's happening. Can you help us? They'll ask about the house and anything that would, you know, that could be a connection to what is their experience. And they'll dig in and do as much research as they can. And I, I know Cassie's part of the Preservation Society, okay. and you know they go to the uh, the Historical Society and stuff. I mean, they they go in, they they want to find out as much as they can about it. They're not just going to run in there and start saying, "Come on, you ghost, mm-hmm. do your worst." They go in and and then they they put up their equipment and they do their thing for probably hours at a time. Yeah. And they told me flat out, they do a TV show about us. It's not going to be a hit because we're just going to be. Yeah. And they'll show us writing down notes. <laughs> and so I'm, I really respect how they run their yeah. stuff. And I think a lot of the groups focus on that mm-hmm. around here, which is great. Yeah. And there are some really nice people that are, you know, that I've met from different groups over the years. And they really want to help people. And most of them, I, I don't even know if any of them charge anything to help people out. Uh, there's a, I know there's a charge for the Viner one, but it go all the proceeds go to mm-hmm. uh, to the Viners for the building. It's an old, huge building, and it, you know, it's going to need repairs. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So when you say when you say help people out, these are people who are wondering like what's going on in my house. Yeah, or residential. Okay. Um, things going on and you know they could go in there and say all right you we're getting a lot of you know emf and foo 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 readings but we figured out that you know you've got there's some electric thing going on mm-hmm. here and it's just a, a regular thing or you know you it, it could need be a new furnace <laughs> yeah you need a new furnace and and then you'll be fine right. or you know there's raccoons running up and, yeah. and down and yeah you know, or, you know, they'll say, oh, well, now we've got some strange voices and and it's saying, get out of the house right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, yeah, but they do really do their research and I respect that. I'm a research junkie and I, I just love learning things. Mm-hmm. I've been down ra- rabbit holes even before the Internet was born. 
<laughs> so I, I mean, are you? I was going to say, yeah. Is most of your research at the library, or where where do you gather all your stories? Well, I start with the with the internet everywhere because I've got it in my hand. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. And my laptop, I take it everywhere. So I, but I go to places where. Uh, I mean, I'll fu I'll just do some searches on just ran, you know, just, okay, this is a topic I want to know about, and then I narrow it down to, well, I'm not going to use Wikipedia for this because anybody can change anything, but I'll I could do a, I could bounce off of that first mm -hmm. to see, oh, okay, this is where they got some information, and then, and then dig. And I'll go to I'll go to the libraries. I'll go to uh, the historical societies. Uh, I I've gone to so many cemeteries around the country. It's yeah. I would live in Hollywood forever. Cemetery really? in L.A. if I could. Really? They haven't said I could. Which yet. one is that? Which one is that? It is. Um, what it is it called again? Hollywood Forever. Okay. It was taken over in the 90s by the Cassidy brothers, and it was about to be just plowed over because it was a nightmare. Really? The guy that had it, bef I think the guy that had it before them just let it go to rot. It was just, it was overgrown. It was awful. And this is where Rudolph Valentino is buried. Uh, Vampira, she's there, but she died later on. Uh, lots of... Uh, silent film stars. Okay. So we've got all that history that's there. Uh, Darren McGavin, the dad from Christmas Story, he's there. Oh, he's really wow, close to yeah. So you've got a lot of interesting people. Yeah. And uh, uh, there, and you know, and since since then, even more have been there. Um, Anton Yelchin, the young man who died with the weird uh, car accident where it crushed him. He was in Star mm -hmm. Trek and mm. the new Fright Night and stuff. He's one of those that, if you see him, like, oh, that guy. Okay. He's only 27. Yeah. Uh, he's one of my favorites, and oh, I, was, I was absolutely devastated. His parents made a life-size bronze of him. Wow. And it looks just like him, except when you get to the face, and I don't know who it looks like, because it doesn't look like him, but, you know, I'm not going to tell his parents. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hope they're wouldn't. not listening from California. <laughs> But so you you um, have an appreciation too for the um, the different uh, art and tombstones oh, yeah. and things like that. You wrote a whole mm -hmm. article about the different angels that you'll find in cemeteries. <laughs> yes, yeah. What's the story of the angels? Or what are the, they? Uh, the yeah. angels. It's interesting because the angels people see think they see angels everywhere. Like, for instance, the black angel in. Of Riverside, because uh, you you didn't grow up here. You're from correct, yeah, from up north. I'm from yeah, yeah, near, near Chicago. So, on river in Riverside Cemetery, Moline, up on top of the hill, there's a huge cross for the Charles Deere family. Okay, Caddy Corner from John Deere, because Charles is the son. And in front of or kind of next to this huge cross, there was an angel that everybody called the Black Angel because um, she patinaed black right away. And uh, I think she was replaced once, and then the other one just, I don't know if it was a bad stone, because she was, I believe she was, a st uh, was stone, was marble. And, it, you know, it, it's hard to say, because you got, this is an oral history of everybody 
uh, talking about something that was scary. You know, it's yeah. like, and then if you say black angel in the mirror three times, <laughs> she'll appear. Right, right. Uh, people say, okay, black angel and talk about it all the time. And I'd never seen a photo of her. And my mom had a story of going there when she was a teenager because there was the idea like, okay, if you see her or you kiss somebody at midnight and you're going to die and all these things, I'm like, People would have been dropping dead all over the place. (laughs) And people have all survived to tell the tale. I mean, there was this story that, and this girl was chained to the black angel, and in the morning they came to get her, and she was in shock, and her hair turned white. Right. Oh, my gosh. So I finally found a picture of her. There's, It's a photocopy of a photocopy, probably, at the Rock Island County Historical Society. She's not an angel at all. She doesn't have any wings. What is she? She's a morning woman. She's just, she, well, not just, I mean, the, the morning women are my favorites. I love them. What are they? They are, they can be anywhere from small, but usually the big, almost life-size, even bigger sometimes. And they're placed on a grave. They might be dropping a flower. They might be looking up and saying, why? Or uh, just, they're looking down or they're looking off to the side. Okay. And they're constant mourners. Okay. They are there for the duration. And the way I see them is that, and, of course, they for rich people, too, the big ones. Uh, the thing is here, if I don't become a bazillionaire, I've decided that I want to be buried near a mourning woman that is on somebody else's grave. I want to be put kind of in her eye shot so that she can mourn for me forever, mm-hmm. too. And I think she'd be on to me and probably turn her stone head. But, <laughs> but yeah, they're there for... Yeah, because, you know, you mourn very strongly for a while. Yeah. And then you got to deal with life and stuff. And you're like, ah, I I just can't be here to mourn on a daily basis. Thank goodness Lady Not an Angel is right here. I see. Let's call her Esther. And she's just hanging out going, why? Oh, no, why? We love you. Everybody loves you. So... They're, they're, they're beautiful. Yeah. They're wonderful. They're beautiful. They can mourn for you all the time, even after you're gone. So they're great. So, yeah. So, and the black angel was one of those. But people wouldn't leave her alone and insisted she was an angel. I mean, my mom was one of them. She's like, she was an angel. Like, yeah. She wasn't an angel. And she's like, and she was really tall. She was the size of that cross. I'm like, no, I've seen them. She's next to the cross. And... And, you know, th- her memory, you know, I'm not saying she's a, my mom's a goofball. She is. <laughs> Other reasons. I love her. To, love her, love her, love her. <laughs> but memory, it just, it changes. Yeah. It changes over time and everything gets bigger. Right, right, in a know? story. And, you know, sneaking into the cemetery at night and. So and, at some point yeah. she got taken down? She was removed because people would not leave yeah. her alone. So she was taken I believe she was taken to uh, Butterworth Center, uh, which is the Butterworth Mansion, the, the family, because okay. they were connected. The Butterworths were married into the Deers. And then I think she was in, in the yard, garden, or somewhere, and people still wouldn't leave her alone. So she ended up, I believe she's in New Mexico at some type of retreat center, which, if there's anybody who needs a retreat center, it's the it's the angel because, <laughs> man, she was bothered for yeah. so many years. <laughs> so now she's probably, whew, yeah, somebody can be mourning me now. I'm done with that business. That's interesting. Yeah, she's yep, she's a big um, 
uh, what do you call it here? One of the big legends, uh, our urban legend from here. Interesting. And she exists, but a little bit different than people remember. Well, let's take a turn real quick. Do you okay. have a favorite scary movie? Oh, boy. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Well, this my scariest movie uh -huh. is the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, okay. The very first... Uh, my, I was probably about 11-ish, maybe 10 when it came out. And my parents used to take me to everything. They were not like, oh, if it's rated R, we'll get us there. They're mm -hmm. like, hey, we'll go see movies. So I went with them to that. And then I'm, oh, my gosh, Freddy Krueger is in my basement. But I still can't watch it alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was dark and gritty, and the story was so... It was such a fresh idea mm -hmm. at the time. I mean, and it wasn't as campy as uh, Freddy Krueger became. Mm -hmm. And just the idea that, oh, my gosh, you can't even go to sleep. You can't escape this. And the more you stay up, the more you need to sleep. Oh, my gosh, it's a vicious circle. No. Well, but don't judge me. I've never seen that one. I've never okay. seen it. That's okay. I like you enough. <laughs> <laughs> that I will not judge you for it, and uh, that's okay. But if you, but just don't base any of your thoughts on yeah. Freddy Krueger on the other ones. Because okay. This one, it it was good, and some of the acting, eh. Yeah, but you can't. Yeah, it was the '80s. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Depp's, uh, one of his first movies. Uh, he didn't last very long. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. So if you're looking for young Johnny Depp, yeah. uh, just go out and find the Twenty One Jump Street episodes. Yeah. And I and still watch think those. the scariest movie of all time is The Ring. Have you seen those The Ring? Those are creepy. I've those only seen creepy. the first one, and that's the one mm -hmm. um, where there's like <laughs> the haunted VCR tape or yes. something. Yeah. And and here's what bothers me about that movie. It's that stupid white noise static that oh, comes on every yeah. TV all oh, the yeah. time. I mm -hmm. still can't handle that white noise <laughs> static. <laughs> yep. And yep. when I think now, the fact that it's a... a what were they called? Like v it was not yeah. a VCR. The, the yeah, machine was, VCR, was the VCR, yeah. but what was the tape called? VHS. Just like VHS. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's so. And yeah. And um, <laughs> she's at that cabin, and there's the there's the tape, and she puts yeah. it in, and it's just like. <laughs> yeah. But it's yeah. scary. That's such it a is. scary, scary well, movie. Well, that hair hanging down. Yes. You, where, where you can't see and completely. The, the, the hands the and moving. The yeah. <laughs> And I think it, that one or um, The Grudge uh, yes. uh, with Sarah Michelle Gellar, who yeah. I I'm a huge Buffy fan. And I remember uh, reading something, an interview with her, and she said, the director kept having me stop when I had to run away from the ghost stuff. He's like, you are running like Buffy, and you need to be running <laughs> like, a, yeah. like a person that's scared. Yeah. She's like, oh, I guess I was doing that for a long time. Yeah. Uh, it and the original one is based on Juan, are just scary too, and it's that same look, that same feel that uh, the the Japanese movie culture of yeah. that time, and that was when. And you see it in every movie now when they were when they would move weird, they'd have their their arms at weird angles and their legs and that kind and of the choppy shoulders look. are big and hunched. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah. So. Yeah, that one, those are scary. I don't. Uh, those yeah. are ones like that's a good one. Or yeah. Poltergeist, wonderful movie, the original. 
I haven't seen the other one, but I do love Sam Rockwell, so I will see it eventually. Uh, that first one, it's so well done, and yet I just I get the creeps when I even think about mm -hmm. it. And I did watch it the other day, and I I survived, <laughs> but it's still scary. Yes, just uh, and now being a mom, and and if my daughter got sucked into a TV. I would lose my bananas. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> no, Man. if she happened to got sucked into a TV. Yeah. <laughs> or a VHS tape. <laughs> I know, VHS yep. tape of all things. Seven days. <laughs> Seven days. Because that's when the tape was due. Right. It was due back at Blockbuster. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, let's tell people how they can get connected with one of your tours. They can get connected. Uh, uh, I'd say the easiest way is just to go to the website, which is qchaunts.com. Okay. My email is qchaunts at gmail.com. I'm trying to keep it pretty simple. Yep, very easy. But, you know, go. you can contact me, uh, email or the website. It's going to have it all mm -hmm. on there, too. The website's going to have all the information for yeah, you. Yeah, and different dates yeah. and stuff. And if people want to pay ahead i've got the paypal option and if they want to just pay cash uh, and actually now paypal i finally got my paypal little scanner thing oh in nice the, in the mail t before i came in I'm like yay i can take the money uh, cash is always nice yeah uh, they can do that at the time i just am hoping that people will uh, drop me an email or text me or something to say hey i've got two, four hundred yeah, people just coming. Yeah, so you know what to expect. Yeah, so that, you know, if somebody's running a little behind, we don't leave them or anything. Sure. But uh, it's an all-walking tour, so you got to be ready to go walking. uphill and downhill. Yes, and, yeah. um, but But I... Uh, one thing you do stress is there's no chainsaws, there's no gore. No, this is a no. this is a spooky fun. Yeah, if you like all the Halloween stuff and the ghosty stuff, but you're a huge chicken like I am, <laughs> I want to go to these haunts so much. I was by Skellington Manor with on my tour last night, and I'm like, I want to go in, but I'm terrified. They're gonna get me, and you know, I I control this tour. If right, I'm not gonna let anybody get me. <laughs> I've got a group of people around me. I'm just gonna hide in the middle of them. But I, I just want to see this stuff. I have a, mm -hmm. a theater background, so I know the work that can go into things like this and the detail. And when you are a theater person, you're not just gonna say, "Well, this will look good in the dark." You're gonna be getting in there, and I'm gonna make this like this, and no yes. one's ever gonna see it. Because it's too dark, are they screaming their heads off? <laughs> so I do. I want it. I want to go, but but if you're chicken oh, you like me, oh, you just gotta do it. You just gotta do I'm it. Gonna, I love a haunted house. I think I they're think so I'm fun. Gonna, they're they're cool. I watch all the shows and the like when uh, Jimmy Kimmel ha or Ellen has her yes. producer guy go with somebody. Oh my gosh, That's that woman so likes funny. to scare people. She really Ooh, does. Much. It's sort of sick. Yeah, <laughs> it is. She's got a problem. But yeah, this is this is great for people who uh, they just want to take part in the fun, but they're not into that. And for the history stuff, and then the, and the haunts and history is important for me to you know share with people because our history is so interesting mm -hmm. here. I mean, it took me forever to even know that we even had a gangster. I mean, really, the Quad Cities having the big gangsters, but he, <laughs> Looney was the prototype 
before gangsters. He was before Capone. Wow. He was in the in the teens is when he re- was starting out, and then he left for a while to evade getting put in the jail, and then he came back five years later. And that's when the downfall started because he thought that when he came back, I'm going to be the belle of the ball again. I'm going to be in charge. Well, his lieutenants were like, you've been gone. We've been taken over. And we don't take kindly to you anymore, you big <laughs> jerk. So <laughs> it didn't fare well for him, but it makes great stories. Yes. <laughs> really great stories. Well, you're going to hear all of those stories and then some if you check out one of these tours. So again, QCHaunts.com. And these run after Halloween too, right? Yeah. Through the beginning of November? Yeah. I'm going to, I'll go um, at least the first the, through the first of the month, and I'll even go even into the into mid month. However long the People weather lasts, and weather, <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. And then I want to pick it up again uh, sometime in the spring, and you know do them throughout, yeah, the the summer and such. But if I do that in the summer, everybody, and it's really really hot, don't even buy a ticket because I will melt. <laughs> I will not. Good to know. I, I, you'd have to put me in a, in a cooler <laughs> with a hole in it for me to go, okay, everybody, look over here. <laughs> well, that would be terrifying. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I know. That's the scary part. Maybe I can do that skeleton tour after all. Oh, my gosh. Minda, <laughs> thank you so much for being here. You've been so much fun oh, and um, very enlightening. So I think people will really enjoy this episode. And thank you so much, and congratulations on the tours. Well, thank you, and I wish you and your family the best thank as you're going you. through a difficult time. Thank but, you, you know, it, it does get better. But for right now, you got a hole in your heart yeah. shaped just like your grandpa. Yeah. Nothing can fill it. But he's still he's he's still around. I believe that. I he's so. around. He'll help you. He brought you me, maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> he's probably going, no, no, no. Denise, no. <laughs> no, that's just weird. No. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Please rate the episode, subscribe, and give us a review. It helps us out a ton on Apple Podcasts. Share with a friend. Let us know we're here. This is On a Mother Level. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to On a Mother Level from the Tribune Audio Network. Tribune Audio Network.